good afternoon. Today is August the 31st, last day of August 2023, and you are watching Anchored with Hope with Father Larry Richards, and uh, we're on live now, so today's the day we talk, and then we have questions for the second half. Uh, next Tuesday, I start um, with Justin Fatika, who I've talked about before, and so uh, he's going to spend an hour with me on my podcast. I'm going to spend an hour on him with on his podcast. And uh, I think we're going to break it up is the plan. But we're going to be talking about hope. Um, and again, as I said, once a month, we'll come back here and uh, do this uh, question and answer format too. Um, it's just, you know, I'm on the road in that so much. It's, uh, it's harder and harder. Like now, I'm, excuse me, I'm here all September by God's grace excuse me, except for the Connecticut Men's Conference um, the third weekend of the month. So if you're up in Hartford, Connecticut, Springfield, Connecticut, I am uh, going to be up there on the, um, I'll tell you exactly here, on the 23rd of September, the 23rd of September. So for any of you men up there, um, you can come there and then, uh, I, I, again, we got to pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Father, God of great love and God of great mercy, we beg you that you would send your spirit upon us to lead us, to guide us, and to help us to live your holy will, no matter your will. In Jesus' holy name we pray, amen. Mary, Mother of Jesus, pray for us. Good Saint Joseph, pray for us. And the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Okay, we're going to talk about mercy today because uh, Moe suggested that because I haven't had a chance to really um, focus on doing the podcast today because as most of you know, I would imagine, that uh, all those in Erie anyway, know that um, there was a meeting with the diocese last night. I was uh, gone for 10 days. And um, after I came back, I just uh, flew in from Hawaii, um, an all-night flight, and I got into Pittsburgh and then um, had to drive two hours back. And we had our meeting with the bishop and uh, the vicar general was my classmate and packed place because they were making all the announcements about our future. And so the first announcement out of the gate was that St. Joseph Church Bread of Life Community, my parish, would be merged into St. George's Church, which is um, not far from where I'm at here with our foundation. Um, and it would be a secondary missionary church. And um, I was beyond shocked. That was the, the, uh, the exact opposite. Because, of course, you know, I think that if we were all adults in the room, we'd at least sat there and called the priests in first or at least talked to us and given us the heads up so we wouldn't just be there getting information like everybody else. But that wasn't the way they decided to do it. We did it in the way that's always happens in a church from the top down and they tell us what's going to happen and we have to react and we have three weeks or a month to react. Um, but I, as shocked as I was, I was very good not to sit there and uh, let it show in my face. 
because uh, everybody was looking at me at that moment because I was in the front row, uh, not by design, but it was uh, we were late, and so I got up there in the front row, but completely shocked because what that means, of course, if that's what ends up now, it's preliminary. I mean, it doesn't isn't set in stone yet, and I have great hope that it's not going to be. There's uh, other options. Um, that eventually we would just become a secondary, we wouldn't be a parish anymore, would be consumed by uh, St. George's Church, and it'd allow us to have Mass in that. Uh, whether I'd still be at St. Uh, Joe's Bread of Life, who knows? This is all supposed to happen by next April. Um, so, as I talked about uh, a month or so ago, I've been pushing to uh, have us named a, a shrine, and I'm going to be pushing it more. Um, and I wrote a letter to the bishop, and he did respond to me saying, it's an interesting idea, but because of all this stuff, now wouldn't be the time to be making that decision. So we're going to be having a town hall meeting in two weeks um, after the uh, 10 a.m. mass, and everybody's going to come so we can discuss our options because I have to write a letter to the bishop uh, about our response to their proposal, uh, preliminary proposal, um, and again, in a way that has to always be, of course, uh, respectful, loving, and positive, as opposed to just uh, negative. I mean, of course, people, I had my parishioners crying and everything else when they heard this. It, wasn't a, it was not a good night. And uh, so, but, you know, people have been saying they're sorry and that to me, and that, uh, please, that doesn't help me at all. When, uh, because it makes us look uh, that, uh, oh, it's, it's like we're already defeated. We are not defeated. I have a lot of plans here. We have a lot of ways to respond to this. Now, I'm going to be asking everyone who watches my daily mass, my Sunday mass, part of the podcast, part of everything, to not yet, not yet, don't even think about doing it yet, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, until I uh, put out guidelines and I'd like... Um, people from all over the world who watch us to really write letters to my bishop and asking that we need a shrine as, uh, dedicated uh, to St. Joseph of the Eucharist, of the Bread of Life, during this time of Eucharistic revival, especially in the United States. And uh, this would be a great outcome, and we'll give reasons for that. But we can't have any negativity because negativity never helps your case. Never, never. It just makes people mad and defensive, and that's the last thing we want is especially um, our bishop mad and defensive. We want to show options and give hope and uh, focus because, again, some of the places that they're keeping open don't even have daily mass, and they're standalone parishes. Some of them are so small and so close to other parishes. It's like everybody, when they said some of these parishes were being kept, the priest just let out a sigh like, really well and I wanted to raise my hand and say uh, okay so who made this decision like who's the ones who sat there and said this would be a good idea <laughs> because and I want to know the rational rationale for it uh, but anyway it's a little bit I'm not gonna spend time on this today I just wanted to share because I know it hit the news in different places and uh, so people have been responding which I'm grateful for that they have been responding but don't respond to me sadly uh, like we're feeling bad for you because uh, you don't need to feel bad yet you know and I don't I literally think that we are 
going to be made a shrine. It's going to take some time. Um, but with all the stuff, even our Oktoberfest, and uh, again, I want to make a plug that you come to our Oktoberfest, which is the first full weekend of October. Uh, so it'll be a month away. It's the 6th, 7th, and 8th of October. Please, um, you know, we sell those raffle tickets for the car, $50,000, and the uh, it's really... Uh, the, the sales aren't going well right now. I'll be putting an easy nut on Monday. But it's kind of like, that's good for you. Again, they're $100 tickets. But again, as I've said before, it's a donation to the parish so that uh, if we are going to be a shrine, we're going to need a, um, oh, what do you call it, uh, money in the bank, at least $1 or $2 million in the bank as a, uh, um, to, you know, Mike, I can't even remember what you call it right now, but it's, uh, you know, a foundation, something in there that it's, uh, you know, that'll, you know, help fund the place throughout the years. So all this is going to be part of that. So again, you're giving a hundred dollar donation to our parish and hopefully we become a shrine and we have the endowment. That's what it's called. Um, and then you can either win $50,000 or a BMW, um, and again, it's on our, our website. All you have to do is go to our website at stjoesbol.org or stjosephsbol.org. Either one will get you there. And um, when you sit there and um, St. Joe's, B-O-L, my site. You can do this on your phone, too. Um, it's trying to set me up, but no one's giving me the password here, so. Anyway, so here it goes right there, and it says uh, you can win a 2023 BMW 430i X-Drive convertible, which is a nice blue, blessed mother blue. Um, and you can get tickets right here. You hit the thing, and you get tickets right there, and you can help uh, the parish. And uh, last year, someone won it from the area, but two years ago, someone won it from Texas, and they took the car. And you can... Uh, you can do that. It'd be great if you could come up and join us. I know people have been coming and asking for hotels, which I haven't responded to yet. Uh, I've been getting a lot of emails and text messages and everything else, and it takes me a while, and people wonder why I don't respond. I just get too many. Um, and then I get into like, okay, i got to focus on this right now, or people invite me to their, i I, I got to focus on this right now. I says, no, until after Oktoberfest, after I get this letter, after I do all this, then I can sit there and uh, breathe with uh, people, but I can't, uh, right now I'm in, I have to put the uh, um, booklet together for Oktoberfest, and I've been working on that all day, um, and do some other things that uh, usually other people do, but... Um, you know, I'm just going to have to be, I'm going to do it this year and that'll be fine. But it's, so I have a lot, lot, a lot on my plate. So that's okay. God has a plan. So again, so uh, please, if you could help again, um, we only sell 3000 tickets, which is, uh, so you get one out of 3000, but last year, and I think the year before the most we've ever sold is 1500 tickets. So you have one chance out of 1500 to win, which is a pretty darn good chance with uh, 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 things go, donations or um, uh, raffles and that go. Um, so, and again, it isn't about uh, winning the car or the money. It's really about helping us as a parish. Um, 
because we we reach everywhere throughout the world and um so now we really need people to help us so that uh, we can do and show that we can we can uh, uh, do the future okay so sorry uh but just so you all know that's where we're at but now let's focus on the reality of uh mercy and i think it is a good thing you know um Mercy has always been my greatest devotion, if you will, because first of all, I know how much I need mercy. And uh, then I have to be the instrument of mercy. And you see the picture of the divine mercy here. So everything, when I put this together, these are the things that I thought was uh, most important. So we have St. Joseph back there. Of course, he keeps us in line. The anchor for this is a hope broadcast. We have the crucifix because I will preach nothing but Christ and Christ crucified and remind us that I have been crucified with Christ. So the life I live now is no longer my own. Jesus lives inside of me. We have Our Lady of Guadalupe and how she speaks to us always and holds us in her lap. And being pregnant, she is the lady of life and, of course, so pro-life. But then we have mercy. And mercy, by definition, is giving something good to someone who doesn't deserve it. And again, that's all of us, huh? Sometimes we get mad at people, and I get mad. I mean, Kyle, see my shrink in 45 minutes, and we have a lot to discuss today. But I always know that, you know, even when I'm going crazy with the dioceses, these people are doing the best they can, and they're, um, they're trying to do what's best uh, for the whole diocese. And so they come from a different perspective than, of course, my people, and we're focusing more. And they need mercy. I need mercy. This isn't about uh, justice because if it's about justice alone, then we're all in hell. You got it? It's just that simple. All of us, no matter how holy we are, because, again, uh, we can't earn it. Jesus earns it for us. And so once we get to have that sense that I am in such need of mercy, then I can become an instrument of mercy to others. Huh? If you just want mercy for yourself, you'll never get it. Again, if you look at the, the, the picture in here, of course, is his heart and the blood and water flow out. And that happened, of course, when uh, Jesus' was heart was pierced. And this isn't uh, the original picture I'd love to get, uh, the original picture for here. But... Um, the original picture that Sister Faustina had painted, and she cried because, of course, it, didn't rep it could never bring the beauty of God himself into a painting. But from the painting, the original one, if you look at Jesus here, this isn't the original, but he's looking to us. But if you look at the original Divine Mercy painting, he's looking down like this. And when asked why, it's because he's on the cross. And he's looking down at us from the cross as he's paying God's justice and giving us mercy. And when the, uh, the soldier pierces his heart and the blood and water flow out, it's the birth of mercy. But it's also, of course, the birth of the church. Huh? The church is called, as Pope Francis talks about again and again, it's called to be the instrument of the mercy of God mercy and some people go crazy over mercy and in, until you've experienced it yourself you're not going to want to give it to others if the only thing again 
Uh, often people are like, mercy for me and justice for everybody else. Mercy for me and justice for everybody else. But it gotta be mercy for me and for them. So again, as I talk about admissions or I talk about Divine Mercy Sunday, again and again is what we gotta do is we take our hand and we place it in the heart of Jesus. And the mercy of God comes, blood and water comes and enters into us. But if it stays there, it dies. But if we reach out our other hand, one hand in the heart of Christ, the other hand to our brothers and sisters that need it, don't deserve it, but need it, then we give it to them and we become this instrument. Then the mercy of Almighty God comes to through to you and me and goes out to others. We've used the analogy before. If you go to the Holy Land, the Sea of Galilee is full of life and the Dead Sea is dead. Why? Because the Sea of Galilee receives and gives. The Dead Sea just receives. So when it comes to grace, when it comes to mercy, when it comes to anything, if you want to receive the mercy of Almighty God, you must be giving that mercy to others. It's just the way God works it out. And so we must become these great people of mercy. Huh? I was reading uh, the other day, you know, again, um, I just got back to posting. I, I, I did all my posts before, and I gave it to Mo so she could put out. And um, we put out, if, if Mo and Nat's posting, if I'm not available, it goes to everywhere else except for my private uh, Facebook because she can't get in there. And so whatever, so it doesn't get it. So I always say it's very important that you make sure you're not just on my private uh, Facebook, which is, you can't join anyway if you're not because it's only 5,000 people and we're filled or we go every day we, uh, up and down. But um, you got to go on the official page on the uh, Facebook, Father Larry Richards, official on Facebook or uh, the Reason for Our Hope on Facebook or the, my Instagram, or my, uh, the Instagram and Pinterest only get stuff at night, but uh, my Twitter account, Father Larry Richards, and uh, LinkedIn, Father Larry Richards, and Facebook, they get uh, updated, they get a morning tweet, and they get an evening tweet, and a picture at night, which I put together. So I encourage you to go there uh, to keep updated with what's uh, going on, and make sure we get this instru that you know again when i put out scriptures it's all i do i don't comment on things anymore i used to but it, it was pulling me in and so i don't i haven't read comments on um, things in a long time because it would pull me in to the garbage because again how how horrible people are in christ's name especially online horrible and as I talked about again, that the way we judge others online is the way Jesus will judge you. So if you are one of those who like to make comments and judgments of other people online, just know you're saying, uh, forgive me or treat me the measure with which you measure with who measured back to you. You just, so that's why if you're, if you're doing everything with mercy, then mercy will be measured back to you. But if you're yelling and screaming injustice, and you'll be treated with justice. And none of us can stand before the justice of God. All of us have killed the Son of God in our sin again. And we killed Jesus. We put him on the cross. And so if you want to stand for justice there, then the punishment of killing the Son of God is really 
Is there any forgiveness for that unless the Son of God took that punishment for us and then gave us his mercy? That's why he's looking at us, so that we can be the instruments of that. So if it ever comes to justice and mercy in your personal life, always go for mercy. Always, always be willing to give mercy. Always err on the side of mercy. Always be that instrument of mercy. You know, and again, as frustrated as we can get and as crazy as we can get, the goal is for every one of us to do God's holy will. The goal for every one of us is to make it to heaven someday. And we're getting close to mercy as again, as I've told you before, that when we hope and pray that the person we like the least on this earth gets to sit next to us forever in heaven, right? Because they'll be redeemed by the mercy of God and you'll be redeemed by the mercy of God. So this call from God to live Christianity is truly a call of mercy. It just is. Because from the very beginning, you know, God so loved the world that he gave his son, that anyone who believes in him may not die but have everlasting life. And then again, that's John 3.16, and John 3.17 says, God did not send his son in the world to condemn it, but to save it. God sent you as his beloved son or daughter also, not to condemn the world but to save it with Christ, to fill up what is lacking in the sufferings of Christ. That means you unite yourself with Jesus on the cross and you bring that mercy to the world because some people can never experience the mercy of God except through you. So your kids are looking at you, their father or their mother, to give them mercy. Your neighbors are looking at you, call yourself a Catholic or a Christian, to give them mercy to show them this God of mercy. Now again, that doesn't okay people's sins. It doesn't um, mean people aren't going to hell. But it means if we're going to err, that the God of mercy gives to us, then we got to bring that mercy to others. And when I bring the mercy of God, then I become this instrument of mercy, and then people can respond to it and receive it, or they can reject it. And again, I think that the people that sometimes reject the mercy of God are the holy people, quote, unquote, who think they're going to earn God's mercy. They've got to earn their salvation. They've got to be good enough for God to love them. And that can never happen. You'll never be good enough. You can never earn it. Again, the Pharisees tried that, and Jesus really came against the Pharisees. And they were good people, but they weren't people of mercy. And so if we become pharisaical, or like today, the gospel, he really let everybody have it, Uh, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, he was woe to you a lot. And, uh, you know, when he's doing that, I always have to make sure I'm listening to that first. I didn't preach on it because the first reading was fantastic about uh, Paul's prayer for the people as they would grow in love and they would be blameless in holiness. And so I was asking, are we people who ask God to increase our love and to make us holy? Oh, unbelievable. And increasing our love, of course, we're asking God to increase our mercy because we don't choose who we love. It's not, that's not the way God works. Everyone we're called to love. Huh? Everyone. It says, again in the reading today from uh, Thessalonians, it says, 
may your love increase for one another and for all. Our, in the Lord's Prayer, is exactly that. I am begging God that I would love everyone in the world. When I was in Hawaii, I got to be with Bear Wozniak. He's a uh, good guy, good friend. Uh, uh, him and his wife, Cindy, fantastic. And they took me out to breakfast uh, right on Waikiki Beach, and we're sitting there. And I was sitting there telling them about, uh, as I was walking around, because my hotel was, I didn't get, to see Hawaii much. I was, you know, everybody was, oh, Father, you're going to Hawaii. I gave five talks in Hawaii in the church and uh, heard confessions and uh, spent most of the time in a hotel, except that morning I left. Uh, Barry and his wife took me to to uh, dinner, I mean breakfast out on the beach, which was fantastic. Everything's very expensive out there. But anyway, but as I was walking around, I was connected to a mall, and so I'd run over there and get like a hot dog for lunch one day, which was $7, it's $8, $7.80 for a hot dog. Anyway, um, I know, I go on these tangents. But I was looking at all these people, and there's a lot of Asian people down there. There's a lot of uh, young people, old people, um, most not uh, Catholic, where I was anyway, uh, but... As I was just looking at people, not in a weird way, please, I was sitting there thinking, every single person that I'm seeing is someone who God loves infinitely, so much that he created them, and then he sent Jesus to pay the penalty for their sins and died for them. That every single person, every single person, God loves intimately. And sometimes we think that God's only concerned about me <laughs> or, or the opposite, God's concerned about everybody else except for me. But even in our spiritual life, we can become very narcissistic. That It's all centered on me and what God has done for me. We, of course, have to receive that. Of course, oh my gosh, until you know the mercy of God, as I said in the beginning, you're not going to be an instrument of mercy. If you think God is always judging you and that, uh, you know, if you make it, it's going to be all by the skin of your teeth and you're going to have to go to purgatory for many years. Again, that's not scriptural. huh? And we're not a church just based on scripture. But when you look at all the encyclicals and everything else, it's not Catholic teaching either. We're saved by grace. It's all the mercy of God. You know, the first movement of God is mercy, which is love, which is all this stuff that God uh, chooses to be merciful, that we who he created out of love, he does everything in his power to save us. God does everything in his power as God to save us. So we got to do everything that we can to help save other people, especially, you know, when Jesus says, love your enemies, he wasn't kidding. When he says, uh, whatever you do, the least of my brothers or sisters, you do to me, he wasn't kidding. We must live lives of mercy. We must receive it, and we must give that mercy. It's why, like today, first thing I did this morning, when I was, uh, after I found uh, the scripture uh, today for me, and it says, uh, uh, the scripture God gave me this morning was, I, I pray that, do, 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 as, uh, as 
God's co-worker, Paul, me, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. So again, this morning, the Lord says, before I did anything else, don't receive my grace in vain. And grace is a free gift of God. So then use it, uh, give it uh, to others, mercy. And then, uh, so then I go and I say, most every day, I guess sometimes things don't work the way I exactly planned, like yesterday, coming back from Hawaii, I woke up at 3 o'clock in the morning and then uh, uh, prayed a little bit and then I got back to, I went back to bed for a little nap and then I woke up six minutes before 7, right before Mass. And, and I go running out, to, uh, couldn't put my contacts in, nothing, and there was a bat flying around and that freaks me out because of course I got bit by a bat a while ago. Anyway, uh, so <laughs> that did not happen the way I expected. So, But normally, the first thing I do uh, after hearing his word in his word is uh, beg God's mercy on me and on the world. And every New Year's Eve, midnight, three minutes before midnight, as I've told you, two minutes before midnight, I start the Divine Mercy Chaplet. So to bring mercy on the past year and then beg God's mercy on everyone in the new year. And so that we become these people that don't just talk about how much I need mercy, but we live... I need mercy, so that's why I'm going to keep giving mercy to everybody. No one is too far from the mercy of God. That's you. So again, if you find yourself not being a person of great mercy, repent. It's not God's will for you not to be a person of mercy. So you repent and say, Jesus, change my heart. Make me a man or a woman of great mercy. May I be an instrument of that mercy. May I receive that mercy and give that mercy. And think about us. If we suddenly became filled with the mercy of God, then great things could happen. Many people would come to know the love of God in our lives and would help to change the world. When the world sees us as just people of judgment, and again, as I was starting to say earlier, someone wrote an article in support of Pope Francis again, and people are saying, in God's name, to that man, I am praying for your death so that you can go to hell forever. The person that said that has never experienced the mercy of God, and yet they thought, they think they're a very good Catholic, if you're not a man or woman of mercy, you're not a very good Catholic at all. And that's a general statement. I'm not talking about the person in front of me because I don't know any of you. But I do know that that's just part of what it is. And if we're filled with judgment of bishops and priests and the Pope and, you know, and we're just filled with this anger, you got to repent. You must repent doesn't mean everything goes, you know, it doesn't matter. Of course it matters. That's why we have a, uh, the church is supposed to bring the mercy of God. The government's supposed to bring the justice of God. Huh? So if something happens and the person needs to be in prison, then the, the, the job of the government is to put them in prison. Our job is to bring them the mercy of God. So making sure that they can sit there and enter the kingdom of heaven. But again, it doesn't mean that justice isn't important. It just means that there's someone to do the justice and there's someone to bring the mercy. We who are followers of Jesus Christ, 
in our personal lives. Like if you're a judge, you're called to do judgment, of course. But in our personal lives, we got to be the most merciful people that anyone has ever met. You got it? You get it? You're going to live it? Let's pray that we all can. May you know his love today and forever. Amen. Again, in Hawaii, someone who's been following for years says, Father, what do you say at the end of all your homilies? And again, let me just say it. May each of you, each of you, may each of you know his love today and forever. May each of you know his love today and forever. Okay? Good. So now let's get some questions in that here, please. Um, here we go. Jacksonville, Florida. Hi, Paul. I have great friends down there. Uh, I hope I, I tried to call him yesterday and I got a thing saying everybody's okay. For those of you in Florida, we've been praying for the people in Maui, Florida, all the stuff, all the natural disasters and the non-natural disasters. But these are the people here and there's people throughout the world that are in the midst of wars and dying of starvation, children and people who are sick. There's so much, so much need in the world that we have to keep praying for mercy. So welcome, Paul. Steve, hi, Father Larry. How you doing? I am being blessed. As again, as you can tell, again, we're, we're going to all be fine. So especially those of you of the parish, you got it. Don't you dare write any letters or anything until we all have our meeting. And uh, again, I got a plan. And I really believe that the plan came from God. He put it on my heart in my prayer. He uh, just about forced me to write the letter to the bishop, you know. So uh, I just know that no matter what, God has our backs. Good afternoon. Hi, Bruce. Betty, good afternoon. Diana, my daughter, Maria, needs prayers. Okay, let's pray for her, our daughter, Maria, that the Lord will just reach out his hand now and touch her uh, with a great miracle. I am on, Audrey. How are you, Audrey? Um, Lawrence, I have a friend whose daughter is living together with a guy. They are now getting married outside of the church. The parents are not going to the wedding. Do you agree? I always think that has to be the parents' uh, thing because they know their daughter. Um, Jesus ate and drank with sinners. He brought them the mercy of God. He met them where they were so that they could be where he was calling them. So if someone asks me, I said, you got to pray about it. If you go, um, does that mean that they think that you're okaying what they're doing? Or if you go, does that mean that they know that you are breaking their heart, that they are disobeying God? And yet, you will do everything in your power to get them to heaven. Huh? Like a friend of mine. Years ago, I was a spirits director, and he called me, and he says, Father, I'm going to leave the service. And I said, you are? I said, why? He says, because they're letting homosexuals in here now, Father. And I go, oh, okay, I get it. And I says, uh, but can I ask you a couple questions? He goes, well, sure, Father. And I says, is there Catholics in there that are having sex outside of marriage? Well, sure, Father. I said, well, why aren't you leaving because of them? Is there Catholics that aren't going to Mass on Sunday? Well, of course. I said, that's mortal sin. Why aren't you leaving because of them? That sometimes we pick and choose the sins that we hate the most instead of seeing all sin as disobedience, uh, as a mortal sin. So like 
you won't go to that thing because they're not really getting married, of course. They're getting married outside the church. But you'll still leave them in your house if they're not going to Mass on Sunday. huh? Uh, one mortal sin is enough to kill you and kill your soul forever. So I always think that the best way to deal with people in sin is to meet them where they are, not, not, not uh, encourage their sin, participate in their sin. That's not what I'm asking. You know, like, oh, you're not going to Mass and I'm not going to go to Mass too. Oh, you're going to get married outside of church. I'm going to get married outside the church too. But you treat them with mercy. They don't deserve it so that they can get that marriage blessed one day so that you can keep communication open. Sometimes when we, especially with our family, say, I won't do that because you're in sin, we block and kill the relationship and they will never come to know Jesus and they will never repent and go to Jesus because the only thing they see of us as followers is we're bringing the judgment of God to people who have never experienced the freedom that is found in Jesus Christ. As I said again and again, before God gave the Ten Commandments, he first set his people free from slavery. We try to put commandments on people and on especially the world who doesn't know Jesus. We try to make them live the commandments of God without them experiencing the mercy, the freedom uh, from their slavery to all sin makes you a slave. We just bring the judgment of God and they never convert and it comes down to us. But again, I can never tell people what to do in that situation. You know your, your children more than I do. Um, and again, there's some priests who call them and they'll say, absolutely not, don't you dare. Uh, you got to do what the Lord tells you to do. And whatever the Lord tells you to do, do it. Don't listen to me. Don't listen to other priests. You listen to the Lord. And what the Lord, and when I say don't listen to other priests, it's because some priests are just nasty human beings in Jesus' holy name. And they think, again, to defend them, they think that they're preaching God's will. I often think they don't use the example of Jesus. They just use the example of church law. And if you just use an example of church law. It's no different than the Pharisees during Jesus' time. We've got to use the example of Jesus. He ate and drank with sinners without becoming one. For us to meet people where they are is what Jesus did. God so loved the world that he became one of us and he died on the cross to save us. And I just believe that that's what we got to do. But we're not watering down Christianity. We're not watering down the teaching of the church. We're meeting people where they are so that they can come to conversion. They have to experience the freedom in Jesus before they can receive the commandments of Jesus and his church, in my opinion. So you got to do what you will, but you pray about it and you do what Jesus tells you, okay? Hope that helps, Lawrence. Hi, Chris. Glad you had a safe trip. Wish you had come back with better news. That's okay. Praying for you and your church. God has a plan, like I say. God bless you in prayer and family and friends. Hi, Mark. Are you coming up this year for Oktoberfest? Uh, you and your wife usually come up. Father, what can you, what can your YouTube followers do to help you with St. Joseph Bread of Life? Uh, good to see you. Um, we'll be telling you in the next two weeks. 
Um, I'll be I'll be saying it at the mass. I'll be putting links on our website for you to go and uh, with the uh, with how to write the letters to be uh, very filled with hope, filled with uh, respect, 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 love, 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 um, and so that we can then go to where. We, but we'll tell you what we can do. There you are. So good to have you home. There you go. God bless you. Miss you. I missed the first few minutes. What's going on? Well, I think everybody knows by now. I will do anything I can to help you, Father. Thank you. Ah, thanks, Bruce. Endowment. That's it. An endowment. Thank you. We're going to get the endowment going. Um, again, I have no doubt that God's going to do this stuff. So that's why uh, I always feel like I'm being tempted to despair and I'm saying I've had no despair and I don't want despair I'm going to keep focusing on what God can do and God is a God of miracles and uh, if God wants this church to honor St. Joseph of the bread of life where it doesn't exist there isn't a church in the world there isn't a title in the world to a good St. Joseph of the bread of life of the Eucharist so that this can be a great thing I'm going to have the icons uh, uh, professionally done, put on cards that uh, people can get, put them on pieces of wood that people can get. And we're really going to ask everybody, part of the thing is going to be that we really push St. Joseph of the Bread of Life. And we really push this devotion so that um, Joseph can be honored in his devotion to his son Jesus in the Most Blessed Sacrament. It can be, I just think, yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, but as always, like when I asked to start the Adoration Chapel, I went to the bishop, uh, not, not the same bishop, three times. He told me no twice. <laughs> so I just figured when, when I was doing this, I said, okay, God, we're going to do this again. And I think the and he didn't say, he did respond to me, and he didn't say no. So that's always a good thing. He says, interesting, but now isn't the time. Well, we'll see when the time is. Um, he kind of said no, but that's okay. Anyway, not fully. Uh, Father, I have a business near next Thursday. I'm able to stay over to attend adoration, praise, and worship. Uh, can I go before confession before or after? Yes, yeah, so we can work that out. Why? Nice. San Diego better. So far, I agree with you, Paul. Good to see you. People have more people in San Diego, more pagans need saving. You got that right. Uh, Jen and I got to see Christopher West last night. I've never met him. I met his parents in Sinking Spring, Pennsylvania. Um, he talked about how each conception is one of up to 500 million match. Yep, uh, uh, you are only one in 500 million, but each of you as ancestors has more than 500 million. Very good. Um, isn't it, It's amazing. It sure is. Hi, Julia. Great to be seeing you and your podcast again, and Paul and I are praying for you. Thank you. Prayers to St. Lucy for D Diana's daughter. Audrey, hi, Father. I heard some of the members are saying, I'm going to St. George's. I'm not going to St. George's. They are standing firm on our heart's desire for St. Joe's, yes. And that came up, too, that when they start merging, not just us, you know, again, it sounds like we're the only parish doing this. There's a lot of parishes that this is happening to, and some are very hurt, very... And like they even said that um, um, people are going to leave the church, and they are. And someone did ask the bishop about uh, evangelization, which I've always had in my mind. The bishop said, that's really up to you. It's not from us, which... Uh, respectfully, I disagree. I really think that if we as a diocese really start pushing, because Catholics don't know how to evangelize. And if uh, the diocese start teaching people how to evangelize, like I was in Lincoln, Nebraska years and years ago, 
And the bishop, the old bishop, had called all the priests together, and they decided they were going to, I don't know if they did it, it was at the meeting, that they were going to reach every house in the whole diocese. And so every parish would have to go door to door to every single house in their parish, and that's throughout the diocese. Every, every place would have to do that. And not to um, Protestantize, but like we did before, it's like, okay, hi, we're from St. Joseph Church, Bread of Life Community, and um, we just want to say, reach out to you and ask if there's anything you need from us. We have an adoration chapel. We'll pray for you and different things. Could you imagine if every single parish in the Erie Diocese was going to do that? Now, that doesn't come from the bottom up. That has to come from the top down. So it is the, um, the job of the diocese to teach us how to do that and to have that coordinated. And all the money we spend and all the money they spend on athletics and everything else, uh, which is important, but think about what we could do if we decide we're going to evangelize. Uh, oh, I just think that's, uh, that's where it's at. But again, uh, I'm not on these committees. People don't ask me things. I always think it's weird. I go around the world, and people ask, but the diocese, I am uh, persona non grata. Nothing, nothing. Uh, they ask me about uh, money, uh, be on a committee for raising money, and my biggest thing is we're not about raising money. We're about bringing people to Jesus. So I tried to do it that way. So they, uh, Anyway, um, God has a plan, and hopefully it's going to be about evangelizing. So we'll see. Hello from Lakeland, Florida. Hello, another part of Florida. We're praying for all you. Just happy to see you're back. Thank you, Father Larry. Heard your quote from C.S. Lewis, God's whispers to us in nature. He speaks to us in our conscience. Heard this quote, yes, from, and he shouts to us through our suffering. Absolutely, <laughs> he does. And he, if you ever read his stuff, he had a lot of suffering in his life uh, when he fell in love. With all our faith and trust that say, I trust God has plans for him. He will save our parish. I will not move. And, Again, what I'm going to be quoting when, I, when we have this thing is that uh, the, from Habakkuk, we have went to, again, that the future glory will be better than the past glory of St. Joe's, and I'm standing on it. That's what's going to happen. Um, concludes the damn abortion mill. You can create a shrine. You got that with. I love, love, love the diaries of St. Faustina. Good. Uh, thank you. I messaged that before you mentioned it. Considers the fourth exile, and hopefully the Lord will send you a King Cyrus to remain in your home parish at Shrine. You got that right. Is there any advice you can have to help her in our, her struggle? Yeah, as always, I'd go back to Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. And what you think is what you feel. So um, if we always go back and we, we fill our mind with positive scripture verses, how God is faithful to us, how God is the healer, how God can do all that stuff, that can give us hope in the midst of everything. Even if God says no, think of all the people Jesus healed, but think of all the people he did not heal. But, excuse me, the ultimate healing, of course, is being home with the Lord forever. And so... Um, you know, great things can happen, but we just have to, you know, trust him in everything. And that's why, like, again, with all this stuff, I always say it's about trusting God, trusting God, trusting God. Okay. Uh, ba -ba -da -ba -da. Harry, you know, Star Church Model Railway Club, <laughs> St. Mary, <laughs> the Virgin. Father Larry loves the model always. Leslie always loves the right. I suggest the same. Uh, we're going to do lots of things to evangelize, but probably the, the 
the problem I often have is with us is that we do everything when it gets to be desperate, you know, instead of uh, reaching out to, and evangelizing everybody before we got into this part. Now we get desperate. And, oh, yeah, now we got to start doing this. Now we got to start bringing people in. And um, like I've been telling people at my parish, it's important that you come here every week so that uh, they see that we're strong. And other people just go to other parishes different times, and sometimes you have to, of course. But I've been, I've been trying to warn the people, listen, we need to be committed, we need to come together. And just like our parish is one of the, the it's like in the top 10, it might be 11 now, of all the parishes in the diocese uh, as givers. Even like one of the most um, biggest parishes in Erie, um, I just pulled up because I was sitting there, where are we compared to? So last week they pulled in like uh, 10,100 and some dollars. And they have over 1,000 families. We have about 400 families. And uh, we, no, they pulled in $1,100. No, no, they pulled in $11,100. And we pulled in our parish last week $10,900. That's with 400 families. So we were, they were $200 more of us a week. And that isn't to say anything about them or us, except for that our parish is very viable. You know, we have, it's a, there's a lot of life at the place. It's not like, well, you know, St. Joe's is dying anyway. <laughs> well, it's just not true. You know, it's just not even close to true. Um, like I said, I wrote the letter to the bishop during COVID. It was uh, 14,000 people every week that watched our mass. Now, uh, daily mass is about 1,100 and Sunday mass about 1,800. Um, but again, these are, uh, we are not just a little parish dying. We are full of life and we're bringing life uh, all over the world. People watch us from Australia. People watch us from France, people watch us from um, everywhere. I mean, every it's a funny to sit there and watch where Africa, all these people that uh, to get to watch things. And part of it, like they say, it's because I'm there, because I'm on the road, and that's can't fight with that. Of course, that's their thing. But I think God uses that so that He can honor uh, Saint Joseph, and Saint Joseph can point the Eucharist more than ever. We need to be pointing to Jesus and the icon we have it's just uh, good Saint Joseph pointing at the heart of his son and that's a host and it's IHS and above the head of uh, Jesus as Joseph pointing to Jesus his son he's uh, and above that head is I am you know to show that he is God and I talked about it before the beautiful eyes of good Saint Joseph it's uh, fantastic I'll sit there and I don't know if I have it here under my album favorites do i have it here do 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 yes i do it's going to be hard for you to see but i'll get that as close that's our icon of saint joseph of the bread of life so there is saint joseph those who have their phone you're gonna have to look really really close you know so let me show this i'm gonna show you and then i'm gonna pull it back So, what this icon is, is St. Joseph of the Bread of Life. 
and there's St. Joseph, and Jesus is a young teenager. Um, at the top is the IHS on his halo. I mean, is I am the show that I am God, Yahweh, before Abraham was, I am. And then his heart, where he points to, Jesus is pointing or holding his heart, which is IHS, which is the Eucharist. And there's Joseph pointing to the heart or the Eucharist, Jesus, the bread of life. And so you see that. And so we're really going to start pushing this icon throughout the world. So we're going to start devotion to St. Joseph of the bread of life um, and make it a worldwide devotion. And it'll all start from the little town in Erie, Pennsylvania. But um, Jesus will honor his father, stepfather, and Joseph will honor Jesus. And so this is like um, they both lift up each other. And what a beautiful reality. St. Joseph for the bread of life. And to have the, the, again, we have to be a shrine, a regular shrine for uh, at least 10 years before we become a national shrine. So the bishop has to do it first, and then he'll retire, and then I'll probably retire by the time the shrine, uh, but maybe if we were going to be a shrine, I might, I've always said I'll, I'll, I'll retire at 70. But if... Uh, uh, we are made a shrine, I would probably, I'm not sure, but uh, could stay the 10 years to get us to be a national shrine uh, and stay there until at least we reach the national level. So, but I just think that uh, God's been doing this and he, oh my gosh, he has great plans. So it's going to be fine. So, um, yeah, isn't it a nice icon? Made a parish of ours. There we go. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And to think that I had cigarettes in St. Joseph. I know, now he's getting me back. Okay, let's go to here, and I have a couple uh, emails. And again, if you watch this later, you can always email us at thereasonforourhope.org and uh, just put podcast question in there, and we'll get your questions. Hi, Father Richards, and I go by Father Larry. I don't like Father Richards, and it's not Richard. You call me Father Richard, but always go by Father Larry, Father Larry, Father Larry, Father Richards, an old guy. Um, uh, can you please tell me how we uh, how can we observe Sunday instead of Saturday the Sabbath? Sunday was not blessed and made holy uh, as the Sabbath was. Correct. The original commandment is keep holy the Sabbath, and the Sabbath is on Saturday. But since that was the old law, when Jesus rose, died on the cross and fulfilled the old law, and then rose from the grave. He, he, he rose from the grave on the first of the, the first of day, and that is Sunday. And that's why the early church changed it, and they celebrated the new uh, commandment found in Jesus, the commandment of grace, the commandment of mercy. And so then the early church, it's why when people say the church can't change things, well, let me tell you, we changed the Sabbath from Saturday to Sunday in Rome, and that just is always held up. So, but again, it was the church that did that uh, because of the resurrection of Jesus. So you could say Jesus did it and the church implemented it, but it goes beyond the Old Testament. Um, do, 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 do. So we're going to sit there and up it up. So here, someone else writes, Chris, uh, about uh, charismatic movement. I'll deal with that in another talk when I have time. Then it says here, Carmen asks, last week in your podcast, you discussed receiving communion in the hand and stressed the other point that Jesus' time, it was always given in the hand. 
well, beyond Jesus' time, of course. Uh, he started and then died and then rose from the dead. My comments, questions are these. When I was growing up in the 50s and 60s, I was preparing to receive my first Holy Communion. It was drilled in my brain over and over that the Eucharist could be touched only by anointed hands. To this day, it's so clear in my head that only when it's absolutely necessary, I receive it in my hands. I have also seen cases where a person has dropped the host after receiving in his hands. I have seen many people receiving in one hand with the danger of dropping it because they're holding a child with the other arm. I've also seen people walk away without consuming it in the front of the altar and having a priest call after that person. If the host is giving on the tongue, nothing like that could happen. Au contraire. I've given many times in the tongue. It's fallen out. In my experience, it's just me, More, I've had more communion fall out of the tongue because it didn't stick and it fell out than in people's hand. But when people do walk away, that's why it's always important that you make sure you tell people to do that. Um, you can be old-fashioned. You're allowed to receive communion in a tongue. Of course you are. And, but you can't tell others that they must do it that way if the church okays it. So when people come, and that's, see, see, that's the problem, that when we think that this is the way I do it, that we think everybody else should do it the way I do it. But you or I am not, the, the center of what should be done. You know, and so some people say, well, some saints, again, saints are not the official teaching of the church. We always look at what's the official teaching of the church, and if the church allows it, you must allow it. So in my parish, whatever, if someone comes up, they're able to receive on the, tan, the, the hand, they're able to receive on the tongue, and they're able to kneel, because I have a kneeler there, to receive kneeling on uh, kneeling down and receiving communion in the tongue, kneeling down and receiving communion in the hand, standing up, receiving communion in the, the, the tongue or the hand. I let it 100% to them, but I do not allow people to tell people that don't do it their way, that they're wrong or they shouldn't be doing it that way. Huh? I always talk about St. Joseph, to go back to Joseph, was the first one to receive communion in the hand when Jesus Christ was born. He got to hold Jesus in his arms. And of course, he was like us in all things, including sin. Okay, we need to be sitting there, and I got to be going. But again, I thank you. Thank you for all your prayers and everything that you've been doing. Please uh, don't do anything until I give you the next step, how we're going to be going with things. And uh, so it's going to take a couple weeks. Um, so I just encourage you to uh, um, just wait. Be patient. God has a great plan. Please remember I love you and I'm praying for you every day and I ask you to please pray for me that I stay faithful to Jesus, faithful to the church. I never bring any scandal. I just do God's holy will. Okay, the Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless, keep, and protect you. He who is Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you.